Brene Brown says, people are hard to hate close up, so move in. Welcome to Freaking Felon. Hi, everybody. My name is Jen, and this is Freaking Felon. This is a program that is a podcast, a YouTube channel, an inspirational piece, a place where we kind of um, are figuring out who we are and where we're going. Today, I pulled a card. If anybody remembers from the last time I did a one-on-one -on -one video just myself, I pull cards every day and I do a lot of journaling and meditation. Today, I pulled the card, what do you really want? Which resonates with me on so many different levels. Instead of focusing on the correction system and what needs to change, I want to talk about a person that I met when I was serving time back in 2006. I met this woman who I will not mention her name since I have not gotten her permission. I'm hoping someday I can get her on here. Um, but anyways, I regress. I met this woman. She's this Native American woman. She was I would say intimidating when I first met her, but I didn't know why. I didn't know why I was so intimidated by her. It wasn't until like our paths collided on certain events that I got to know her on a different level than a lot of people. She introduced me to yoga. She introduced me to meditation. She introduced me to just literally, I... I can't even start about all the things that she represented during my time. During that time, I was scared. I was all over the board emotionally and mentally. And her calm presence and her consistency really, really touched me on so many different levels. And she continuously talked about her native heritage. And I found it fascinating that she was so connected to that heritage, especially after spending so much time being incarcerated. She had to raise a child from behind bars from basically the beginning all the way till their 18th birthday. I saw her cry. I saw her laugh. I saw her celebrate. I saw her mourn. And I remember going back when I was released and visiting her. I remember how scared I was of going back into the environment where I had just left. Seeing her was worth it, but the experience literally made me sick. And it makes me wonder, why did that invoke such a strong physical response? I still don't know the answer to that. The question that I pulled today was, what do you really want? And I've been going through some changes on my own. I've been seeking out yoga again. I have gone back and forth into that realm. When I'm there, I feel so at home and so at peace that I've been contemplating whether or not to incorporate yoga into my program with people who are coming out from correctional facilities or who possibly are still in. I'm still exploring all these things. I, when I'm in the classroom, I feel like this is a safe haven for me. This is a safe haven for my mind. And I can just breathe. 
the idea of having my own studio makes me anxious and I don't know why. Like, I don't know if I want, I don't know what I want. <laughs> and that's why I'm talking today. And I'm realizing that it's okay not to know where you want, what you want exactly. And it's okay to sit and meditate and think about it. I've talked to some people about uh, taking a training about trauma-informed yoga. I have talked about doing a studio. I have talked about not having a studio and just continuously doing an online platform. And right now I'm just sitting with it. There's a lot of changes going on in the universe. There is a lot of information being bombarded in all of our worlds. And I'm realizing that I've made a lot of impulsive decisions throughout my life, which doesn't make them right or wrong. It just, I'm aware. And I am trying to actually sit with my thoughts. And that's sometimes uncomfortable. Today, I was like in tears because I found this woman that I used to practice yoga with. I have been looking for her for years. The thing is, is that she legally changed her name. So in the DOC system, she's under one name. She legally changed it back while she was incarcerated, but it doesn't reflect that on the DOC record, which I find very interesting. And I found her and I sent her a message and I'm so excited to hopefully reconnect with her. I will understand if she wants to leave that in the past and she's moved on with her life as an individual free in the society. Everybody has their own way of dealing with their past. Um, but the accomplishments that she has had since she has been out have been phenomenal. Um, I saw what she, she's a published writer. She's a published poet and it's just absolutely beautiful. I couldn't be more proud of somebody and to know that she did it with limited outside individuals that visited her because I know that I was one of those that only saw her one or two times and mainly maintain contact through telephone. Um, but she did it. She is a rising star in this world. And I am honored to have had her cross paths in my life. Another thing I sought out when I was incarcerated completely by chance, it wasn't by um, necessary planning, was I took an art class and I learned to paint. I realized that I have gifts that I didn't know I had. And I think we all just make the assumption that just because you're beginning at something doesn't make it good. I guess what I'm saying is even to this day, I struggle with the concept of not being good enough. So I sometimes will put my art out there and other times I just don't because I don't want to be judged. And I think that is a common theme amongst those in everybody, actually. It's not just a common theme with those who are just been incarcerated, but it is a common theme with everybody that you're just not enough. However, I think it's very amplified for those who have been in the correctional facility and they've been told they're not good enough for many other things. And that's one of the traumas that 
I think could be resolved, especially with some yoga and meditation. I know this is all intertwined, but I used to meditate by painting. I have, however, not painted in the last almost two years. I've dabbled, but not painted. And some of it is due to physical limitations. I've had some surgeries on my right arm and I'm having another one done soon. And I cannot wait to feel whole again so I can dwell back into that world. It is a healing practice that I I took for granted. Like I didn't realize how much that meant to me until I no longer was doing it. Um, I love teaching other people because I love watching them create their own amazing creations, whether they think it's good enough or not. Everybody's good enough. It doesn't have to look all the same. Everybody has such a different interpretation of what beauty is. Everybody has a different interpretation of what cool is and what shapes go together and what colors go together. This is a painting my mom did. She didn't like it. I love it. I don't even know why I love it so much, but I just do. There's something strong about it. There's something that makes makes me happy when I see it. And she had it tucked away behind a whole bunch of stuff and in her office. And I pulled it out and I hung it up because it is absolutely stunning to me. So self-doubt in itself creates a lot of chaos in our minds. It stops us from making healthy, non-impulsive decisions. The self-doubt has always crept in my mind and has encouraged me to make quick decisions and then get scared of those decisions and then fall apart and my plans fall apart. And this is a cycle I do on a constant basis. If you listen to any of the great motivational speakers slash writers um, about self-help and self-motivation, you've got Tony Robbins, you've got, um, you've got Mel Robbins, you have Brene Brown, you have um, um, Brian Stevenson, you have, there's just so many, right? There are so many out there that everybody's going to have their favorites. Um, but they all talk about this and they've all traveled through their own self-doubt. And regardless of what they say to you or what I say to you, it may not be the exact thing that you need. You have to really start examining where that came from. And not only that, but even if you don't have a direct source and it's just innately in you, then how do we deal with that? Who's going to judge you? Who's going to judge you on if you decided to paint a picture? Who's going to judge you if you decide to write an article? Who's going to judge you if you decide that you want to wear bright, bold colors? Who's going to judge you if you want to go back to school? All of these inner critics are inner critics. And if somebody else on the external side of us is criticizing us, that just shows their character. And that's something that we tend to forget so quickly because it, it for some reason, we're unable to put ourselves outside of ourselves and look at it in a third person view. We're unable to sit there and step back and say, hey, where did they get the license to judge me? 
But that's who we are to ourselves. That is the worst thing about ourselves is that self-critic is that we can't even detach that third party. We think that third party is us and it's not. It's, it's literally a defunct function in our brains that we need to say, why, where did that come from? Where did that come from? I know that when I was incarcerated, I finally figured out kind of like what I wanted to do in life. Um, I really wanted to get into counseling and uh, become a therapist of sorts, but there were so many hurdles and I took college credits while I was incarcerated. And when I got out, I applied to that college to finish my college credits. And that college denied me based off my background. And it's like, but I have a 4.0 in your school. And now you're telling me I'm not good enough. And that self-doubt cycled and cycled and cycled. I did finish my degree, not with that school. I also had to change from the counselor part because there's licensing and background checks and there are ways to go about it. Um, and certain crimes are eligible to fight it and other crimes are not eligible. And mine happened to be not eligible. So I've had to learn how to continue what I truly want to do in life in different avenues, through different avenues. Like I've become a certified hypnotherapist. I am a certified life coach. Um, I have degrees in human services as well as psychology. And, and yet none of them like completed who I am. Well, I have all this education and I am, my self-doubt kicks in and I'm scared to utilize it. And finally, I am forcing myself to show up here every single week. I'm talking to other people who've had their own challenges, their own self-doubt and hearing their stories because it's helpful. It's so helpful, not only for me, but for you because you can hear that everybody else has gone through similar or different challenges and how they overcame them. Maybe there's just a tidbit of something in their stories that you can relate to. And that's my hope for these programs is that there's this tidbit there that you can take on and hold on to. Helping each other out, building each other up and celebrating each other in every step, the rise and the falls, the pitfalls, um, whether or not you have created your own business or whether or not you're working for somebody else, whether you have been laid off or whether you are looking for a brand new career and you're starting off from scratch at the age of 50, who cares? Let's celebrate it. Let's find a way to acknowledge the challenges and acknowledge the self-discovery and the self-exploration and celebrate you. And celebrate the fact that you aren't letting self-doubt hold you back. You are pushing through. I'm proud of you. You should be proud of you too. So what kind of self-care are all of you doing? Is anybody else doing some meditation, some yoga? Do you do some other sort of exercise, maybe running or just weightlifting? Do you listen to soothing music or are you a loud crash and rock and roll or heavy metal or rap or country person? What kind of 
creative outlet are you utilizing? Are you a reader, a writer, a painter? So this week, I challenge you. I challenge you to evaluate your own self-doubt. And I also challenge you to explore self-care. I challenge you to look back and see those who have passed through your life to teach you a lesson or to guide you through a life lesson or a new life practice, such as the individual that I have just found today from my past. So I challenge you to write it down. Journal, 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 whether it is on your phone, whether it is on paper, whether it is through pictures. Um, journal your thoughts and and what is holding you back? What is holding you back from achieving the life that you want to live? All of those thoughts are important to evaluate. So that is my challenge for you. Self-care, journaling, evaluation, and naming what do you really want? Just like that card asked today. It was just one of those universal moments that just said, oh my gosh, I am so glad the universe has my back and they have your back too. So what do you want? That is my challenge for you this week. Next week on Freaking Felon, there's an interview with a special woman named Trisha. I just want to forewarn everybody, for those who are listening, there is um, there is discussion of sexual abuse. And so if that is a trigger, I encourage you not to listen to it. However, if it's not a trigger and it is something where you can listen to it with the full understanding of some of the complications that come with uh, sexual abuse and mental abuse and how that how that interferes in a person's development, I welcome you to share in her story next week. Also, if you're interested in speaking and being interviewed, please contact me at freakingfelon at gmail.com freakingfelon at gmail.com and we'll set up a time to meet. Until next time, I hope all of you are exploring your creative side, your self-care side, and have a wonderful week.